Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Frank and Jake pod. NFL playoffs are here. We're going to be recapping every game from Super Wild Card Weekend uh, and also with a look ahead to the divisional round and some NBA talk as well. So let's get right into it. All right, Jake, what a fun weekend to start off the NFL playoffs. Uh, we're going to go in order of every game as it happened. Uh, so we will start off with Seahawks Niners. Um, Jake, I don't think Brock Purdy's ever going to lose the game. Um, they look real good. Uh, Nick Bosa, Defensive Player of the Year, looks real good. Um, and, you know, every other divisional game, you look at the Bills and Dolphins, Bengals, Ravens, all pretty tight in uh this was a tight first half, but other than that, it was uh, all Niners, right? Yeah. Uh, not only do like the Niners look good with Purdy in the system, Purdy looks like the best quarterback they've had in that system. This is better than what we've seen Jimmy G do in this system. I'm thoroughly impressed with how he's played. He's not turnover prone. I don't. I don't know. Was he might have three turnovers in his career um, right now? He makes plays out of nothing. A lot of it, you got to give credit to Shanahan's scheme because Shanahan really does know how to scheme an offensive football game. But um, when he gets under pressure, he doesn't panic. Um, he, very similarly to what you kind of see with Joe Burrow, kind of he has a good enough pocket presence, uh, but when he's out of the pocket, he maintains that, like, clarity, and he doesn't, you know, lose his focus on what's downfield, and he still makes plays happen. So... He's thoroughly impressed me. I think I honestly think that he deserves the starting job for yeah. the team next year. I was just and about to say, what do you? On, you got to move on from Trey Lance. Yeah, I don't even. I don't know what you do with Trey Lance. I don't know what value he has for them. Um, I don't know what value he I has think, in the I, league. I do think you can get. I still think you can get a late first. For Trey no, Lance. no, no shot. No one's given up a first for him. Oh, I don't the know. There's late some really bad first. quarterbacks in the NFL. Well, there always is. There's always bad quarterbacks, but bad Sean, teams. People are thinking Sean Payton's going to be going for a first. Well, Sean Payton's a really good coach. Yeah, and Trey Lance is a top five quarterback. <laughs> top five drafted quarterback, not skills. And Zach Wilson was picked second. That nothing. That doesn't I matter at all. We haven't we haven't seen Trey play. And what we know of his offensive game, and now I know he didn't have a lot of college experience, but what we know of Trey Lance's offensive game is that he can produce similarly in the way that the other mobile quarterbacks in this league can as a, as a you know, Jalen Hurts-style prospect. I know that's not necessarily going to happen, but there's a lot of teams this year that need a QB and don't have that top, that top draft selection, i.e. the Tennessee Titans, um, you're looking at teams oh, God, like no. Seattle, who's not going to be able to retain Geno unless they pay him. All they have these a top teams seven pick. QB coming into next year are going to have to consider. I will if they have a higher pick, they can move down if they're high on Trey Lance. But most of the quarterbacks in this draft are going to go within the top eight picks. The good quarterbacks. Well, the NFL draft is a crapshoot anyway. 50-50 is the pretty much the, that, the margin for I mean, the draft. Brock Purdy went last, so that's the testament of that on its own. Well, Brock Purdy's 
already better than Trey Lance. If, if it wasn't the Niners ran franchise, they would get a lot more slander for that Trey Lance trade. Um, but, you know, they look well on their way to uh, at least an NFC championship appearance. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, what we see here soon. Um, but, you know, good season for the Seahawks. Geno did, uh, didn't write back and got them all the way to the playoffs. Um, but the Niners proved to just be too much. Um, so let's move on to the Saturday night game where the uh, Chargers were up 27 nothing, um, and they ended up winning that game, right, Jake? I, I fell asleep. Uh, the Chargers won. They were up 27 nothing. Walked away with it. Walked away with it. The, oh, great. I mean, Trevor Lawrence had an awful first half. That, that bad first half continued into the second half. Um, Chargers ended up winning 43-3, to so... Pretty oh, much just a blowout. At least they gave him the they gave him a pity field goal at oh, least. Oh wait, Frank, hold on. I'm looking here. This says that the Jaguars won that game, thirty-one to thirty. Come again? Uh, I'm looking at ESPN right now. Um, as far as I can tell, hold on. I'm going to confirm this. Yeah. All right. It, it says uh, it says on this that you know the that the Jaguars were down twenty-seven to seven going into the half. And they came back with four, three unanswered touchdowns, and uh, and a field goal. Wow. Um, I'm stunned. They fired their head coach, right? They wow. would have had to then, or no? Just the, the offensive, just the offensive coordinator, just the quarterbacks uh, coach. Yeah. I don't know. They must have fired their quarterback. You have to fire a quarterback or your your uh, head coach after this. Well, That's... well, they didn't. Uh, the Chargers with just a, a collapse of a lifetime. Um, and meanwhile, while that's all happening, you have Al Michaels and Tony Dungy commentating the game like they are in a nursing home. Um, and just uh, just an amazing game. It was very boring to start, but it was kind of, Jake, how many picks is Trevor Lawrence going to throw? Can he throw six picks? Um, so that felt, I mean, his first half of that game felt very much... Uh, Trevor Lawrence in the early half of the season when he was my fantasy quarterback uh, performance because I could have sworn every game it was three fumbles and two interceptions. Yeah. It felt like he just turned the ball over every chance he got on purpose. Yeah, and and, uh, and man, oh man, does he does he have a polar opposite half to change things? Had he went from having I've mentioned this to you already before, Frank. He had the two most polarizing halves of football in NFL history in my eyes. Four interceptions to start the game and then three touchdowns to finish the game, um, leading his team to a comeback playoff victory. Uh, I believe that was the, if I'm not mistaken, that's the largest upset. I mean, I know it's the largest upset since uh, the 28 to three upset upset. No, the uh, one game, it was the tub. The Chiefs, Titans, or, or Chiefs and Colts, and remember Andrew Luck was down like thirty-five nothing or something, and they won the game. So but that, this was what twenty fifteen. That was yeah, that was and during Andrew Luck's career. Yes, but this is the biggest. So this is the biggest comeback since then. Yeah, yeah. This was a no because this was a smaller spread than twenty-eight to three. So this is the second largest postseason comeback since then, right? Yeah, twenty-seven down, okay. and they came yeah. all the way back. Um, I don't know what you really Oh, yeah, do. I guess down 27. They were, they were only down 10 at the half, or 20 at the half, but my, my apologies. I'm understanding where you're coming from now. 
Yeah, I don't really know what you do if you're the Chargers kind of going forward here. Um, you know, you have this supposed top five quarterback um, that can't win a big game. I, I know Brandon Staley's not the greatest coach in the world, um, but you're up 27 nothing and you score three points in the second half. Brutal stuff uh, if you're the Chargers. You got Joey Bosa throwing helmets on the sidelines. Um, and the, and the, I mean, you, you blow a 27 nothing lead. That's bad on its own. But these refs were awful uh, throughout this game. Missed calls everywhere. Um, some of Trevor Lawrence's interceptions, dudes draped all over the receivers. Uh, clear false starts on the Jags as they were coming back, and they end up scoring on it. Um, and, you know, it's 30-26, and they go for the two. Um, and you think 30-28, uh at that point, I was like, the Jags are going to win this game. I had no confidence that the Chargers were going to move the ball at all. Um, when, even when they had their big lead, they didn't really actually run the ball with Austin Eckler at all. Um, very strange um, management. Um, and, it, and, and when you have a lead that big, you're not even playing against the opponent. You're playing against the time. Uh, the clock is your biggest opponent. Um, the same thing like with the... Um, you know, another historic comeback was the Super Bowl. The Falcons weren't playing the Patriots. They were playing the clock, and they lost that battle. And the Chargers lost this battle against the clock. Snapping it with 20 seconds, 15 seconds every play, um, it just makes no sense. I don't know how there's not a – how every team just has a common-sense coach. Um, and they blow it, and I don't know. They fired, They already fired their head coach – or, excuse me, their offensive coordinator. They fired their quarterback's coach. Um I don't. I guess the players rallied around Staley. I don't really know how, uh, as in the front office, you can keep him. Um, but all in all, uh, brutal, brutal loss for the Chargers. And Trevor Lawrence remains undefeated on Saturdays throughout his high school, college, and now NFL career. Uh, has never lost on a Saturday. And folks, he plays on Saturday this week as well. So we'll see what happens next week. Uh, this week, Jake, when we talk about the games, but. Uh, from the Jag side of it, um, I mean, a rally for the ages. Uh, Doug Peterson called the called the great game in the second half. So, what do you think of the Jag side of it? I think Jaguars uh, showed a lot of weaknesses more than anything this game. I know you and I both had them. I think picked right. I had the Chargers. Okay, so I know at least I had faith in the Jags. I, now my faith certainly wavered when I saw that they were down twenty-seven to nothing. Um, but they definitely showed showed some major holes in their game. Obviously, that defense has never been implacable. It still isn't. Um, they have clear holes. Giving up that many points in the first half uh, is not a recipe to win anything. Um, but second-half coaching from Peterson uh, and composure from Trevor Lawrence is what brought them back into this game. Um, they have a very underrated receiver core, uh, as well as underrated offensive weapons in the tight end spot with Engram and with Travis Etienne at, at uh, running back. Um, so this team is definitely built to be a dark horse team. It just depends on if this defense uh, can decide that they are also built to be a dark horse team because if they do, if they perform like how they did in the first half and Trevor Lawrence uh, doesn't decide to uh, drop his nuts on the face of the whole city, well, half a city because really nobody cheers for them, um, I don't imagine they're going to make it very far this postseason. Yeah, I'm going to actually kind of disagree. I, I, I think the Jags defense played really well in the second half. And in the first half, um, 
all those points they're giving up were short fields. Um, you know, the muffed punt, the interceptions, they, are, or they were already on the plus side of the field. Um, Chargers were in the first half starting. So I actually th- thought the that game in the first half could have easily been 35 um, nothing. And, you know, the Jags defense held up uh, in the red zone a couple times, kept it alive for the Jags offense to finally get going. Uh, in the second half, the defense played great, um, only giving up the three points. Um, so, I mean, when you're, when you have a, your offense isn't helping at all, your quarterback's throwing interceptions galore, um, you're going to give up points. Um, and especially when they're on your own side of the field. Um, so in all, I think the Jags played obviously, you know, like an F minus first half and an A plus second half. Um, but the first team ever to lose the uh, turnover margin by five, um, and still win the game outright in the playoffs, which is just wild to even think about. You would, you, you'd, you'd think that would be impossible. Um, but the Chargers blow it again, um, and they blew it last year, they blew it this year, and the Jags get to play Patrick Mahomes. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Do you have any final thoughts on that, Jake, or you want to get to Sunday? Uh, no, I'm good to move on to Sunday. That uh, Jags game, I think, is pretty well surmised there. So moving on to Sunday's affairs, uh, a very weird game to start. Uh, start off 17-0, Bills. Um, Skyler Thompson looked dead in the water. Um, Bills were moving the ball at will. Um, and it was was 21 nothing. They overturned the touchdown uh, to make it 17-0. Um, Dolphins had some momentum there late in the uh, first half to, to tie it up. Obviously, uh, and then they take the lead with the with the strip sack, and you're really thinking to yourself, man, are the Bills actually going to lose this game? Um, and Skyler Thompson uh, threw the interception uh, in the third quarter, and the Bills kind of just hung on there at the end uh, to win 34-31. Uh, very lackluster performance for these Bills. I know emotionally they have a lot in their hearts. Um, but this was a bad performance, judging that on the field. I know you say that about a team that scored 34 points, um, but they did not play it well at all, Jake. Uh, yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Um, Bills did not impress. Josh Allen especially did not impress. He threw for a lot of yards, three touchdowns, but um, turnovers and uh, situational decision-making wasn't at its top uh, what you'd expect from uh, Josh Allen, which, I mean, it's not like you expect – the best decision making he does tend to be a little bit ditzy with his uh with his um decisions um but better than usually better than what we saw today um just saved by a just crazy uh confusion uh from the dolphins coaching staff at players uh resulting in that turnover on downs to end a game oh just and, terrible i mean that was you're, you're in the huddle know, with five Staley seconds looked, left. I know Staley looked bad, but that is one of the biggest coaching woes we will see this playoffs by far. That, I mean, genuinely costing you the game while you have the momentum to. Uh, and the Bills did not have any fight left in them at that point. I don't think they were going to give up a score um, if they converted. So, tough. It was just tough. Yeah, very odd game. Um and the Bills obviously have a big one next week with the Bengals. Um, but Josh Allen really kind of 
ever since that fumble against the Vikings at the goal line, ever since then, I know he got injured a little bit, but he has just not looked the same um, really since like November. Um, I mean, I know early in the year, Jay, we were thinking he could be in, win his first MVP. Um, people coming into the year thought he was already better than Mahomes, uh, which I thought was a, was a bit crazy. Um, and they're really going to have to step it up. And their defense, ever since Von Miller went out, um, has not impressed. Uh, I, I know they gave up 31, uh, seven of that uh, from a fumble. So they give a defense gives up 24 points um, to Skylar Thompson. Uh, not good at all. And, and I know that we'll talk about the Bengals in a little bit. But with Mixon and them, I think they're going to be able to run the Bills. So that'll be an interesting matchup. Um, but the Bills really are going to have to step up here to, to make a run, uh, for their team and then for their city. Um, so we'll see what happens with the bills. Um, and then on the last, uh, the middle game of the day, um, we were both hit this one on the head here, Jake. Um, the Vikings, we knew they were frauds since almost day one. Um, and it finally bit them in the ass. Giants win 31, 24. Um, Daniel Jones looks like a legit top, 10 top 12 quarterback um which hand up i thought he was dead in the water last year um that's stable that's, yeah he's a qb wizard yeah unreal turnaround uh i know we talk about at work with how this team a year ago joe judge uh had this team awful uh they get thibodeau in the draft they shore up their defense you get saquon back looking good uh, he scores two touchdowns in this game um and then the Giants turn around. The NFC East has three teams in the divisional round. Uh, pretty crazy. Um, this is the first time since, like, Super Bowl era, like the start of the Super Bowl era. Yeah. Um, crazy. So, and, uh, Jake, the Viking side of it, I mean, Kirk Cousins isn't bad. Um, he's the Jared Goff type to me. Um, you know, Jared Goff can be good enough to somehow get you to a Super Bowl. Uh, he got the Rams to the Super Bowl. Uh, he's like the Jimmy G type. Got him to a Super Bowl. They're just mid-quarterbacks, and everything around them has to be perfect. Um, and this Vikings team was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and really uh, really culminated at the end of the game with uh, a fourth, fourth and eight, and they throw a, a three-yard out route. Um, just, just a disaster. That was the most... It was just an extremely demoralizing uh, like decision to make from Kirk Cousins. I don't know if that was the hot route on that. Like that's if that was your first read to go for that. I think that was Jefferson, if I'm not mistaken, right? Well, they threw the ball. It was Hawkinson got tackled. It was Hawkinson that had that out route. Yeah, he yeah three yard out right. route. Yeah, that was just soulless. It was you know, that was the decision of somebody who did not care if they went or won or lost. They wanted the embarrassment. That's what that felt like. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how you don't. I mean, we saw Jefferson in the Bills game, double coverage, fourth and eighteen, just throw it up to him. He can make a play. Um, how you don't throw him the ball there is wild. Um, I'd rather you do the uh, Ramondre Stevenson stupid lateral to end the game, kind of bullshit in that situation then put just such an effortless just so effortless to 
Yeah. I, I Just dunk it off. Yeah, I know Hawkinson was in man coverage. He might have thought he could break a tackle, but I don't know. how you got to throw that to the sticks, man. Your season's on, on the line. Um, I know the Vikings defense didn't play well at all. The Giants were doing anything they wanted to them in the air, uh, on the ground. Um, and the Vikings go down sad. We saw this coming. Um, we both were on the Giants. Um, and the Giants, you know, the Eagles are banged up. Uh, we'll see what the Eagles did with their extra bye week with the one seed. But the Giants, they already played them twice. So that'll be a real interesting game. Um, and then Sunday night football, Ravens, Bengals, um, a game the Ravens could have easily won if they uh, could convert a QB sneak um, at the goal line. They cannot. Um, Sam Hubbard, shout out the Ohio State University, takes it to the house, 98-yard fumble recovery um scoop it score um and the Bengals survive another um another divisional matchup that's close these teams have seen each other uh this was the third time they've played they know everything about each other um and the Bengals win by seven um thanks in large part to that uh defensive score um because Jake I don't know about you but if the Ravens scored there um uh, I didn't see the Bengals really moving the ball their offensive line was too beat up um, and the Ravens defense had a really good game plan. It's just, you know, you have a backup quarterback like Huntley, you can only go so far, and he couldn't get another half yard, and that's why they lost the game. It was a really good effort from the Ravens. Um, I I mean, to say it like J.K. Dobbins, if Lamar is playing that game, they probably win. Yeah. Um, just not a lot to show from the Bengals. Um, if they're not healthy coming in the next week, I don't see them putting up a huge effort. Um, I know one of our coworkers, Drew, he was talking to us. He was like, he was talking about how he, you know, he's more afraid as a Bengals fan of Ravens defense um, than the Bills defense. But um, yeah, I, I would I, agree with that. Yeah, but I I do have to point out that the Ravens had to do had to play this team three times to come this close. Yeah, they had to play this team three times to come this close. The Bills, um, the Bills obviously didn't get to complete the game that they played against um, the Bengals, but they haven't seen the game plan. They, I mean, I mean, we don't. They haven't gotten to taste how the Bengals play. And the Bills don't have the same edge rushing and, and uh, capability of getting to the quarterback that the Ravens have. And they don't have the um, – they honestly just don't have a, a, defense, uh, to the, a defense to the level that the Ravens have. Um, I mean, Ravens have a very good defense, and the Bills are banged up. Um, I mean, I don't know. They're missing, they're missing obviously, a starting safety with Hamlin. Uh, and then I believe uh, they have – three uh, guys in their secondary one uh, Hamlin another starter and two other guys on their bench that are um, uh, questionable or worse uh, for this upcoming game so I don't have uh, you know I don't have a ton of stock in that secondary being able to put up a fight against the Bengals air raid offense so we'll see I I definitely am higher on the bills than or on the Bengals than uh, I think most people would be after that performance yeah, the Bengals defense played real well. Um, just uh, outside. Yeah, Mike Hyde and Dane Jackson out. Sorry. Yeah, uh, it, the Bengals. 
These games are weird when you play someone three uh, three times, uh, especially when you played them back to back weeks. Um, but overall, I thought the Bengals did play well enough. Um, you know, you have a mobile quarterback like Huntley. He got outside uh, a little bit, um, extended some plays. But the better team won this game. Uh, the Bengals uh, win, uh, and they obviously have a huge matchup going into Buffalo. Um, in then Monday night football, um, Mike Evans dropping passes, uh, killing my teasers, just brutal. Uh, the Buccaneers are dead. I last week I told you we both said the Cowboys were better. The Cowboys should win, um, and the Cowboys do win going away, um, shutting out Tampa, eighteen uh, nothing in the first half. Um, if the the most entertaining part of the game was the Cowboys scoring to see if uh, Maher would make an extra point. That was how boring the game was. Um, it, it just uh, men against boys. This Buccaneers defense that was on and off um, didn't show up. Um, and Dak played uh, might have maybe his best game of his whole entire career. Scores five total touchdowns. Um, and the Cowboys win this one going away. Um we were both on the Bucks. Um, Tom Brady had never lost to the Cowboys in his career. Uh, we knew it would be a battle, uh, just because we did think the Cowboys were better. Um, we thought it would be a battle. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> it was not. It was not. Uh, I mean, outside of some garbage time scores and the Cowboys just killing clocks, this, this could have been a lot worse. Um, Cowboys win 31-14. Um, so, Jake, what were your thoughts on this one? So, I've been putting it off all year. I think you already can tell where this is going. I told you I'd ride with him until he proved me wrong. And the loss in the playoff, potentially. Potentially, I mean, if, if we're not counting garbage time touchdowns, this is his worst his worst performance in his playoff career. Um, it's it's about time for me to move on from from uh, thinking Tom Brady's unfallible. Un, un, uh, he... Uh, He's coming over the hill, um, and I've I've seen the signs coming, and it's not like I, it's not like I'm unrealistic, and uh, not not actually noticing it the entire season, but it's hard to move on from, you know, <laughs> almost twenty five years or what twenty two years, um, twenty yeah something twenty some twenty plus years of, um, getting to just ride with. Tom and just see that greatness and it, it's over it's over he's still great he's still going to put up counting numbers next year if he plays he's going to put up counting numbers he's not going to fall off like Peyton did uh, but he's not making it back to the Super Bowl uh, unless unless you build a really competent team around him with a competent coach and you put him in a role where he doesn't have to win you the games yeah, well he hasn't had to win many games in his career uh, no his defense so has made him has won yeah. a lot of games this year I'm not going to agree with career, you on, but... on the whole career thing um, but for this particular but, game, defense didn't show up. Uh, offense didn't, didn't show, show up. up. I mean, we got fooled. The, the, the Panthers, wow, they're they're moving the ball, but um, they they didn't show up offensively. Um, and we didn't even. I mean, Todd Bowles and Brian Leftwich are w- one of the worst combos. Of if, I, mean, I mean, it's bad. It's a bad year of coaching. Any other year of coaching, they are the worst. Well, you got yeah, Hackett. Hackett got coaches. fired. Yeah. Um, I mean, this has been the worst year that we've seen for head coaches 
Um, in, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, any other season, they don't they don't retain this job. Yeah, I mean, even early in the game, obviously the uh, Tampa threw that pick in the end zone, um, but even they were they they were still kind of moving the ball a little bit. Uh, both teams started off slow, um, but that they were down. It was at the at that point it was twelve nothing, fourth and three at midfield. Um, you punt the ball like you're playing to lose. Um, Bolas decides to punt. Cowboys go down, score again, um, and it's eighteen nothing instead of potentially twelve seven. Who knows with extra points, twelve six. That game was weird kicking, but um, you, you're around midfield. Uh, you know, I'm always. Uh, proponent of trusting your players to get you three four yards if you can't get three yards you don't deserve to win um especially when your defense wasn't playing well which was, was just a weird decision to me um but they didn't lose that game off that one decision um defense didn't show up um i mean godwin was their best receiver but even he didn't have a good game nothing out of the running game they haven't had anything out of the running game the entire year um and, wild fall off yeah. from Fournette. From yeah. last year, he was yeah. one of the best backs in the league last year. And and Tom missed throws. Um, I mean the the red zone one was real bad. Um, but even though yeah, and there were definitely, I don't know if you if you thought there was some confusion. I know a lot of people are thinking there's confusion there. No, uh, I think no, he was trying to throw that out of bounds. Throw the ball. Throw the ball. I mean the funny thing is though his it's not like his arm he can throw the ball fucking still 60 yards it's just he doesn't he doesn't want to get hit and that's clear he uh you don't see him step up in the pocket at all anymore um uh no he used to be uh, i mean i think he had one um you know right up the seam to otten uh it was getting i think it was van der esch right in his face he could have stepped up and got a little more on the throw but um just a little examples like that, you could just tell he doesn't want to get hit. And obviously he... I remember the player. Yeah. I, I know the player you're talking about. And he obviously didn't want to... I mean, you can't trust his offensive line, even at the beginning of the year, was all banged up. So he knew going in, um, he was going to get hit a lot this year, especially when you have literally zero running game. Um, Rashad White didn't do anything. Fournette did nothing. Playoff Lenny it was a nice little mirage. Um, Rashad White also didn't get a ton... I mean, when he, when he got the ball... He was getting four yards. It felt like he was getting four and a half yards a carry. He only got seven carries. Well, I, know yeah. I know you're playing from behind the whole game, but even to start the game, they were giving him they were giving him the ball. And every time he got the ball in the start of the first quarter, it was like, bang, there's four and a half, five yards for a shot, two two plays for a first down. And then they're like, they get within forty yards of the end zone and they just start heaving the ball. Yeah, no cohesion. Yeah. Ridiculous. No cohesion with Brady and his receivers really all year long, um, which is just odd. I, I mean, they won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Uh, Mike Evans kind of no-showed this game, um, and this could be the end. Um, I don't I don't think it'll be. I think it's the end of his Buccaneers career. Um, I, I don't know. I know the, the rumor was a while the Niners, um, he would go home, play for San Fran, but I mean, they have Brock Purdy, maybe Miami, who knows what they do with Tua, but I think he'll play. I just don't think it's with the Bucks. So if you had to, uh, if you had to guess, what would you think, uh, he'd go forward there, Jake? So I think there's probably three possible teams, um, right now that he could travel to. I think we're, uh, number one option right now is probably going to be Vegas. 
um, rejoin McDaniels. You get established veterans. You get a team that really felt this year like it was uh, just some better coaching and offensive um, offensive consistency away and a little bit better defense from being able to make a push in that division, especially with a very weak Denver Broncos team uh, and a pretty last lack lux, luster Chargers team. So I think that's an option. I think your second option, uh, your second most favorable option for him is going to Miami, uh, team up with McDaniels, get the best duo of wide receivers in the NFL on your team, um, a solid offensive line, a pretty poor defense, but a great run game to work with, um, and test that out and go to where I think that was his original spot that he wanted to go before he signed with Tampa, but Miami um, didn't make the move for it. And then I think the third option, and um, this isn't one that's been super, um, uh, that hasn't been floated around too much, uh, would be going to team up with wherever Sean Payton lands. Um, they're very close friends, um, and Tom Brady has expressed admiration for him on multiple occasions. It would not surprise me if Tom waits out to see where Peyton goes. If Peyton goes somewhere somewhere that needs a QB, I could see him following. And if that ends up even being with this, I don't think this is possible, but with the Saints, and they just they just decide to you know keep Peyton on for the you know the remainder of his contract and demote their current HC. Seeing him go to New Orleans would not surprise me either. Um, but those are, I think, the, the three most uh, likely options at, at the moment. Yeah, so definitely we'll see. Obviously, we saw him last year retire, unretire. So, um, you know, I guess we'll see where it goes. Um, but we will take our first break here. Uh, and when we come back, we will preview next week's games. And we are down to our final 4 for 4. We are in the divisional round, which means there are only four games left. Two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Um, Jake, we lost the Ohio State segment. We lost the fantasy segment. We're about to lose. We're going to obviously preview the games, but we're losing the 4 for 4 again. It's just, it's tough out here. Um, but, but we're going to keep battling. Devastating. Devastating. Now the only place you guys can go out to get a 4 for 4 is Wendy's. Right. Um, not sponsored. Not sponsored. Uh, those should be. Um don't tell them. And, don't tell them I got McDonald's and today. Era, at least uh, the for season one's era. Right. Um, so uh, this first game, Jake, I think it's Chiefs all the way. Chiefs at home, favored by eight and a half. I would say hammer the Chiefs, but Trevor Lawrence has never lost on a Saturday, um, so I'm terrified. Um, all, I will take. I am taking the Chiefs, um, but I think it will be closer than most people might think um, just because if the Jags played like they played in the second half, I mean, they can almost beat anybody in the NFL. Um, but going into Arrowhead, um, not as tough as you would think as you know, Jake winning there a couple times. Um, Bengals winning there last year. Um, so we'll see how the atmosphere is. I'm sure they're going to be ready to go uh, coming off the bye week. Um, but Chiefs, Jags, Chiefs minus eight and a half. I'm going to take the Chiefs to win. I'm going to take the Jags to cover the eight and a half. Um, how do you see this one, Jake? All right. So I was. I've, I'm really. I really like the Jaguars. I, not for this game. Uh, let me clarify that. Uh, 
like the Jaguars football team. I think they're I think they are a very good football team who if going if going against either the Bills or the Bengals, I think would probably win. No. With how they're playing right now. I I don't think they can beat the Chiefs. I think they cover the spread. Um part of that bias, part of that thinking they'll um they could beat the other two uh, AFC playoff t- teams is just because both of those teams have been playing bad football at least in the playoffs the bills have played bad football the Bengals have the bills not. Did not play well the Bengals did not play well because they're injured it's a good excuse but they didn't play well they almost lost to a team with a backup quarterback i i'm still going to take the chiefs uh, the Chiefs, I think, like I said, I think the Jaguars cover the spread. I, I, I think they lose by probably a touchdown. Um, but it sucks. I, if they weren't running into Pat Mahomes, the MVP, and the best coach in football right now, then we would have – we I would have a different argument for them. But they're not, I don't think they're going – I think they stopped this weekend. Yeah. I, I'll just say to counter your one point, I think the uh, – I think the Bengals have won eight, seven, eight in a row now. Um, yeah. Bengals are real good. And the Bengals aren't good right now. They're banged up. Well, they're banged up. They are banged up. Um, so, yeah, we're both on the Chiefs. It's it's just so hard to bet against um, Mahomes, especially at home. Uh, yeah, obviously, this will be the biggest game most Jaguars played in their, their career. Hostile atmosphere. Um, buddy, uh, these games, you, you, would, you just think Mahomes' offense, wow, this, that. Um, you know, they lost to the Bengals uh, last year. Even when the Browns played them in Arrowhead a couple of years ago, it was still a close game down to the wire. They obviously have had very close games with the Patriots in the past as well during this uh, run. So it would not shock me if this is a one-score game going into the fourth quarter. Um, but like Jake said, I'm going to trust the MVP of the season and Andy Reid to figure it out. Uh, so we'll both take the Chiefs there. Um, and then Saturday Night Football, Another matchup of teams playing each other a third time. You have the Giants going into Philadelphia. Um, uh, Philadelphia favored by 7.5 points, so just over a touchdown. Um, Giants looking real hot. Eagles looking a little banged up. Um, is Hurts going to be under percent? They're still losing some uh, key defensive pieces as well. Uh, so how do you see this one, Jake? I'll let you go first. So I... I think I mentioned this um, mentioned this earlier. Anytime you're playing a team for the third time in a season, your record goes out the door. Especially when you have two really good coaches. Um, Dable, I give the coaching edge to. I think he's a better football coach than Sirianni is. But if we're talking about the rosters of these two teams... One of these teams is a, com- a very complete roster with offensive weapons in every position, a very, very good offensive line, a solid defense with a very strong secondary. Now, the Giants, their best feature is their running game. That is the one place that the Eagles are beatable is on the ground. This week, Jinval or Linval and Robert Quinn, both questionable, probably not going to play. I, 
think that the Eagles can only be beaten on the ground, which is exactly how New York, well, it's not the only way New York beat the Vikings, but New York took it to the Vikings on the ground. Um, it's hard to bet against the Eagles, though. Even I know we're all, you know, we've been kind of caught up on the Eagles last four weeks playing pretty lackluster, not not being as impressive as we've been used to for this whole season. We are forgetting how good this fucking team is. This team, this team is a legitimate wagon. They lost two games, both, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, both of the games they lost are the games that Minshew started. They lost to the Commanders. Two of the three. Of the three. Yeah. Um, I mean, are we looking at a 16 and one football team if if Minshew never plays? Maybe. Maybe. I I uh I really want to ride with the Giants, but I'm I gotta go with the Eagles. I gotta go with the Giants to cover the spread, but the Eagles are just such a good football team, banged up or not. Banged up or not, I see that, but we see that we see it a lot in baseball. Teams peaking too early. It's more you see that more in baseball uh, than football. But I think this could be a classic case of Eagles peaking too early, peaking in uh, November, uh, December instead of. You know, it gets on to January football. Uh, Hurts banged up. Uh, defense banged up. Um, I deal, still do have to take the Eagles. It pains me. I, I want to go out on a limb and say the Giants beat them. Um, but I think this will be a three-point game either way. It would not shock me 100% if the Giants won uh, with how well Daniel Jones has played. Uh, but eventually... Um, there's going to be a drive where the Giants are going to have to throw the ball, uh, and I just don't trust all the receivers. Slayton had a big drop that almost burned them. Um, I just don't trust all their receivers fully, uh, and eventually, you know, you're going to need your receivers to step up. So for that reason, I'll take the Eagles, uh, more consistent team all year long, um, and at home. So I will take the Eagles as well, but I will take the Giants plus the points as well. Um, and then going to Sunday. Probably. Well, real quick, before we move on to the next game, I also do want to butt in. Eagles winning sets up. Eagles winning with the next matchup we're going to talk about with the Niners. If either of those two teams win, and, or both those teams win and go to the conference championship, we're looking at a very cool storyline of an 8-0 an eight no start going against a 10-0 finish. Yeah, absolutely. But first, so. we, we have to talk about the 3 o'clock game. Um, Bengals-Bills, probably the game of the weekend. Um, Joe Burrow versus Josh Allen in Buffalo. These teams obviously played um, two weeks ago in the famous Monday night game um, that unfortunately did not get finished. Um, But looking on the field-wise, it looked like the Bengals were in control, were up 7-3, were were striving again, grand all in the first quarter. Um, But it looked like the Bengals were in control of that game. Uh, Bengals obviously now, they're beat up quite a bit. Um, Bills have a lot of inconsistencies offensively as well. Um, their defense isn't as advertised, uh, like I said earlier, with no Von Miller. Um, all in all, this is going to be a very interesting game. Um, but I will ride with the Cincinnati Bengals um, and Joe Burrow. I mean, if they double-team Darren Donald on the final play, they might win a Super Bowl. Um this team is a legit wagon. They've been really good last year, obviously. Uh, had a bit of a hiccup, but I'm going to lead on uh, a strong running game. They'll be able to run the ball with Mixon and P. Ryan. 
um, against the shaky Bills defensive line um, and in the secondary you said Hyde uh, obviously Hamlin they're going to be missing key pieces in the back end and when you have Chase Boyd Higgins shout out fantasy football Jake Stumpster dive Hayden Hurst um, they're going to be able to move the ball consistently enough I believe um, that the Bengals will win this game outright so obviously I'm taking the Bengals to win taking the Bengals plus five the points uh, plus five points uh, Buffalo is favored by five I should have said that first um, but I will take Cincinnati to win this game outright Jake uh, and get to the AFC championship for the second year in a row so how do you see this one play out I agree. I think Cincinnati wins this. Buffalo looks. Buffalo doesn't look like that good of a football team right now. Um, probably should have lost their last two two games. The first against the Patriots, and then this one against Miami. Um, the Bengals also look pretty likely to come back healthy next week. Um, Bills are probably. I mean, obviously they're still missing Micah Hyde. Probably not getting Dane Jackson back, and also most likely going to be without Jordan Phillips. Um, and I mean, we're talking about a, a one of a, a, a very drastically improved offensive line when healthy. Um, so missing any pieces on that front seven or in that front seven are uh, definitely going to have negative connotations on their ability to play a competitive football game. Um, so I, I agree. I'll take the Bengals. I don't like this shake. We're agreeing too much. So let's see if we will agree on uh, Sunday, uh, not on Sunday night, Sunday afternoon football, 6.30. Um, Cowboys going to San Francisco, Santa Clara. Um, San Fran favored by three and a half points. Dak Prescott coming off the game of his life, game of his professional career. Um, I don't know where to go with this. Going in, I, I thought the Niners, they're still my favorite team to um, come out of the NFC, but the Cowboys, man, they looked legitimately good. I know the Bucks were kind of a bad team the entire year, um, a fluky team, uh, but the Cowboys still put it to them either way. Um, it really wasn't much of a game, um, so this one scares me. Um, and eventually, Brock Purdy will have. I don't even know if he's had a bad half yet. Eventually, if it comes down to it. Um, can lead him on a fourth quarter drive. Um, I'm going to say he does this week. I will take the Niners to win and cover the three and a half. I think Niners win this game around seven, eight points. Um, just as much as we don't know about Brock Purdy uh, in late games. Um, I know it didn't happen last game, but Dak Prescott's due for an interception of two um, against the great Niners Maybe defense five. or five. Um so, I almost picked the Cowboys, but I'm going to stick with the Niners at home um, in, a, in a very fascinating matchup. Um, I think uh, the Niners defensive line will be able to make the Cowboys one-dimensional. That's something the, the Buccaneers couldn't do. The Cowboys could just run pretty much whenever they wanted, um, leading to play actions wide open all, all day on third down. Um, I think the Niners are better defensively, even though Cowboys did look real good. Um I will take the Niners to win and slightly cover the spread. I um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Niners as well. Wow! I know you don't like I know wow. you don't like when we're agreeing this much, but um, 
Wow. Me. Wow. I've had some bubbly. I've been drinking some bubbly. Um, the San Francisco 49ers are a just insanely good football team. Um, like, probably, probably the second best team in the NFL right now. Uh, their running attack behind McCaffrey is terrifying, like really, 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 really scary. Uh, Debo's back. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is healthy. We have a really potent offense with a quarterback who is legitimately good, um, as well as the best defense in the NFL. Um, yeah, the Niners, the Niners are going to be a very different challenge than the Bucks are. And I don't think the Cowboys can handle it. They're they're more inconsistent team. Uh, Dak Prescott, like you said, is due for some interceptions, especially against a defense that's this stout. Um, and not to mention the fact that the Niners are on a fucking tear. Yeah. Ten, uh, they're coming on what now? Eleven in a row with their playoff win, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they're. I think that I think it continues. I I think this team's. Probably Super Bowl bound. So let me just get out of the way and apologize to Chiefs fans, uh, Eagles fans, Bengals fans, and Niners fans uh, for Jake and I agreeing on every single pick. Um, rarely happens, uh, but when it does, you know, we want to just get out in front of the noise, the millions of people that listen, um, to just apologize. If it does happen, um, one of you guys are probably going to go down. We'll see what it is. Um, but Jake, this is going to be setting up a, a fantastic week of football, and it's almost over. It is a sad time. Yeah, it's uh, it's like Sunday scaries, but it's January scaries. Yep. Um, just a, a, it's a good month. It's a great month of football, but knowing that it's the end is over the horizon, and all we're going to have left is uh, basketball. And uh, you know, for me, I have. You know, a little bit of hockey, but I know that's not it's just on the bandwagon anyway. But sadly, sadly, Frank, for you, you have just basketball to to hold you over till April. Well, I guess I got UFC. I got UFC. Uh, true. Golf. Golf's bad. back. Um, you're only on the hockey bandwagon because the team's good. If they stunk, you wouldn't that's, care. That's absolutely true. Thank you for admitting that. Um, I, I'm not. Hey, I'm not a diehard bees fan like I am with the other three sports. I I like. I love them. I no, you them, don't. No, you don't. But they're, I mean, I've been a Bruins fan longer than I've been a Patriots or, or Celtics fan. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, sure. But they don't have my love like the other three teams do. Okay. All right. Well, we will take our final break and come back with NBA right around the corner. All right, Jake, some NBA talk to wrap up podcast 22. Um, my Boston Celtics are four and a half games up. Um, in the Eastern Conference right now, running away with it. They've won seven in a row. Um, so, you know, I don't want to brag on them too much. So I'll throw it to you. Obviously not a huge Boston guy. Um, your thoughts on the Celtics. Um, Brogdon's been amazing. Sixth man of the year, maybe. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, but your thoughts on Boston so far. Uh, really, this past two weeks, really been really been locked in. Yeah, complete, complete team basketball. They play the they play a very good smart brand of basketball for today's current NBA, but they do play a brand of basketball that's, that can be um, really inconsistent if you don't have players buying into it. Um, they have 
um, a just absolutely devastating help defensive um, uh, scheme that they utilize when they have their bench players coming in. Uh, when and they shoot every three, every single one of them. They don't they don't stop shooting threes until the clock is uh, until the clock's gone to zero. Um, the bench players, Peyton Pritchard, Luke Cornett, Sam Hauser, obviously Grant Williams, Brogdon, um, all these players have bought into this idea that they don't need to play a lot of minutes to make a big impact on this team. And I think they all understand that right now we are poised to make a championship run, um, uh, being what I consider the best team in the NBA. Um, <clears throat> I think that alone has driven them to kind of motivate themselves to take their eight, 12, 14 minutes that they get and utilize those to separate themselves as a bench unit um, and show that they are capable of holding it down when Brown and Tatum are not on the floor uh, to anchor them like they usually are. And then just to bring it to the starters, Derek White and Marcus Smart play just phenomenal, phenomenal defense by themselves. Derek White has impressed me. Um, he's a, a very uh, competent shot blocker for guard. Um, he plays with a, a just a very uh, strong sense of hustle. Jalen Brown and Tatum both have been playing uh, at all NBA caliber. Obviously, Tatum's been um, a, a MVP caliber player uh, this whole season, pretty much, aside from a couple games. Um, Al Horford seems ageless for the most part. Rob Williams being back, our, our team's defense has looked stellar. Um, I don't know why he makes such a massive defense, uh, a defensive difference. I know he's, you know, one of the best defenders in the NBA right now, uh, especially at his position. But to think that this team can honestly shift from being a bottom 15 defensive team in my eyes to being a top three defensive team um, when he's on the court is crazy. Uh, and then last of all, uh, Missoula hasn't made a lot of coaching mistakes. He hasn't made a lot of coaching decisions that have, he, you know, he hasn't done a ton of stuff to impress either. I think he's really just filling a role. Um, but he, he has made a rotation and maintained a rotation, has bought into his coaching ideals, which are different than what Ime set the team up for at the start of the season. So I definitely think he has had more impact than what you see when the actual clock is running during the game. Yeah, Mike Tatum can't be the best player on a title-winning team. Um, it stocks it, the stock's down right now. It's you're, we're not selling the stock yet. We're holding it. Um, it's a wait and see to the playoffs. Yeah, we're it's a wait and see to the playoffs. Um, but the stock is trending in a downwards arrow uh, for sure. Um, but Boston's really impressed. They're almost five games up, clear of the next uh, best team in the East. After that, it's a huge log jam. Um, even Brown going out, you don't... I mean, you see, there's an impact of, obviously, Brown being out for a couple games. Um, but they fill the role well, um, and they look like last year, really the second half of last year wasn't a fluke. Uh, the, the playoff run wasn't a fluke. Um, you know, we'll see how they test up when, you know, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and others are all healthy. Um, but right now they look real damn good. Um, and two other teams that look really good... Uh, are in the Western Conference. Denver and Memphis both tied. Um, Memphis winners of 10 in a row. Denver a winner of 6 in a row. Um, 
Jake, if you had to choose one team right now to come out of the West, would it be Denver or Memphis? It would be Denver. Um, I find, so, John Morant is a very good basketball player. Um, very good. Nikola Jokic is a generational basketball player. Nikola Jokic will go down as an NBA great. Uh, he will go down as one of the greatest centers to ever play the game of basketball. Uh, John Morant, probably not going to be in that conversation um, for greatest top, even top 10 point guards of all time, as of now. Um, we live, we, we are in an era where scoring is prevalent among every point guard that starts in the NBA. Um, so he's not going to do any, he's not going to win anything off of scoring alone. He has to prove himself as a better passer, which he's good, but he's not, you know, he's not elite by any means. Um, and he has to prove himself as a better defender um, before I think he has the chance of making the type of impact that Nikola Jokic makes. Now, the two stars aside, I think you're looking at very similarly compromised, uh, comprised rosters uh, in terms of scoring output um, from, you know, your uh, four, three, twos, and ones. And um, they both have um, solid three and D players on the bench um, and solid rookies. I don't think, I don't think Memphis is on the same caliber as Denver. Um, again, mostly because they lack an MVP. Wow. John Moran, not an MVP. No, I don't think John Moran is an MVP. I think John Moran is very good. I don't think he's even in the top six to top seven for the discussion of MVP right now. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I think Denver um, is playing really well. Mike Malone's got that team uh, clicking on all cylinders. Um, I mean, when you have you play the who's got the best player on the floor game, uh, Denver's walking on to every court having the best player. I think uh, right now Jokic is a little better than Giannis. He's been way more consistent this year, um, and uh, I think Denver. Uh, with the role players, bringing in Bruce Brown, uh, getting back Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. staying healthy, uh, I would trust them a little bit more. Um, but both these teams don't really have, um, you know, a deep playoff run in them. Neither of these teams have, you know, even made it to the Western Conference Finals of lately, uh, as of late. Um, so I would give the edge to Denver, best player, um, and more consistent. Um, but it will be a fun race to watch because I think they are. Um, I think they're going to be running away with it for the one, the one and two seed out west. Um, behind them, you have the Pelicans who are still banged up, no Ingram and Zion, and you know the other team you'd think of, the Warriors, um, currently playing the seventh seed. Um, who are five and seventeen on the road, by the way. Um, just inconsistent all around outside of Denver and Memphis in the west. Um. So I would give it to Denver as well. And then bringing up Denver, you obviously have to buy Jokic. Um, you know, coming into the year, you'd be like, there's no way you can give the same guy MVP three years in a row. But when he just keeps leveling up uh, year after year, um, it's absurd. I, I think right now, and Jake, if I was voting for, you know, a little over a midway point of the season, I think Jokic would be my MVP. Who would your MVP be? 1,000% Jokic. I, I can be a homer all I want for the Celtics. As much as I'd love to say Jason Tatum is the MVP of the M NBA right now, Nikola Jokic is not only the MVP 
he is the best player in the league. Um, we have a lot of seasons in the NBA where the best player in the league doesn't win the MVP, um, i.e. half of LeBron's seasons in the NBA. Uh, he is far and away the best on the court right now. Uh, I, I, he is just, He's just so unbelievable. He has the offensive package, like shooting-wise, of like a light Dirk Nowitzki. He has the passing of the greatest point guards in NBA history. He has interior finishing of some of the most dominant big men with offensive moves like Hakeem. And he's pretty decent on defense. I know he's not the best, but he, he handles his own. Um, and he's a good leader. He's a really good leader. Yeah, he made that step back three. And like we talked about, he didn't even smile. Everyone's didn't jumping care. on him. It's like, yes, yeah, it's just another day. Just yep. another day. And I, offensively talented. I mean, the most offensively talented player, I think, since Steph Curry came into the league. Yeah, uh, especially when you factor in. I mean, he's not the best outside shooter, but he's good enough to where you have to respect him. Um, yeah. But it's his passing that is otherworldly. Um, that really gets you. It's just mind-boggling some of these passes he makes. Um, so we're, this, is the, this podcast title is going to be an agreement. We're just in agreement about everything. Best teams yeah, in the NBA, uh, every playoff team. This is this is this is scary. It's, I think it's because you're tired. I think it's because you're tired today. No, but I, I had a, I threw a Reese's in. I uh, got a little sugar in me. There you go, a um, little sugar rush. Yeah. I, hey, here's the reason. I had two glasses of wine. Yeah. Ooh, what kind of wine? What are we What are we sipping over? I had some prosecco. Okay. I'm I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm always a sparkling white kind of guy. I like dry. I don't like sweet. Classy, classy. Um. You know, many probably thought I was going to go on the Tom Brady rant. You know, we we're, we're respectful over here. There's time for that during the there's, off season, there's, Frank. There's time. There's going to be plenty of time to roast that old ass man who should be in a nursing home. Um, but Jake, uh, episode pod twenty two. Um, uh, I will say I do the Cavs breakdowns on. I try to do at least 90 percent of the games I can. I try to watch all of them, but sometimes you know where I'm at for the night, just can't make a video. Um, so you can get that on the uh, TikTok page, FJ Pod, um, and then you know, and on the Instagram, and on the Instagram, Instagram, yeah, Instagram as well. Um, and Jake, we're gonna just keep plugging along. This is playoff time. We're getting into the NBA. Uh, we're seeding and game. Every game is gonna start mattering. So uh, a fun part, fun part of the time. Yeah, yeah, we're coinciding. I mean, the next the next month is the best is probably the best month of sports that we have until football starts up again yeah. next season. So Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So everyone, thank you for listening, tuning in to this episode of the Frank and Jake Pod, and we will see you guys next week.